Hey folks, it's Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org. Welcome to Naval Gazing, our weekly podcast. We're heard on 103.5 LPFM within the city of New Haven, but we're also heard on ValleyIndy.org, iTunes, Google Play, Libsyn, and SoundCloud. YouTube as well. You can follow us on Twitter at ValleyIndy. You can check us out on Facebook.com, Valley Independent Sentinel. So usually this is a weekly talk show, and the subject's usually the lower valley. People, places, things, current events. But this one's a little different. We're actually going to play for you an episode of somebody else's podcast, but I'm involved in it. It's called The Mobile Horror Companion. And about a year ago, my friend Brian Spears, who does special effects makeup uh, for movies and TV, he makes zombies and other disgusting things. He got involved in a podcast, The Mobile Horror Companion, through another friend of his named Joe, who's a screenwriter. Uh, So I'm the third wheel on The Mobile Horror Companion. But recently, we did sort of a Valley-related thing. We had on Larry Dwyer, and he lives in Derby. He's in charge of Connecticut Cult Classics. That is a group that puts on movies, screenings of movies, at the Strand Theater up in Seymour. And they have one coming up in March. So they're, they're going to be screening two John Carpenter movies. So what you're about to hear is a uh, heavily edited version of the Mobile Horror Companion. I cut it down by about 50% in terms of length, and I cut out all the bad words. Because, hey, it's a horror movie companion podcast, right? It's a horror movie podcast. you going to be a little blue. So without further ado, here is the Mobile Horror Companion interviewing a guy from Derby. Hey, I'm Eugene. Welcome to a very special edition of the Mobile Horror Companion. Follow us on Twitter at MobileHC666. We're also on Facebook, iTunes, Libsyn, and most recently, the YouTube. I'm joined by my co-hosts Joe Greenberg and Brian Spears, and tonight we're talking John Carpenter, people. Before we get into it, and before I introduce our very special guest... We'll probably have some new listeners, I think, for this episode because of our super-duper guest. So give me like 30 seconds, 30 seconds or so to introduce Joe and Brian first, the, uh, the other co-hosts. Oh, wow. But before I do that, I should just, uh, you'll probably notice if you're a long-time listener, all three of you, <laughs> uh, our sound our sound's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to quite be up to those uh, professional uh, recording levels, Scott the Engineer levels that we've done in the past, but I'm going to blame it on the blizzard. We're recording. I record in Connecticut, and uh, there was a lot of snow, so, so deal with it. All right, so here we go. Joe Greenberg is a screenwriter, and he's the winner of the 2014 Final Draft Big Break Screenplay Contest for Man Alive a sci-fi tale that was recently named to the 2016 Blacklist. And that's a list of the best unproduced screenplays. Man Alive was purchased last year by 20th Century Fox, and the great Noah Hawley of TV's Fargo and Legion is attached. Hello, Joe Greenberg. Hey, how are you? Wow, that's, uh, I, I wasn't expecting the big, the big introduction, but um, yeah. How you doing, everybody? All right, Brian Spears. He's the other guy. He is a... 
He's a special effects makeup artist. He just got nominated for a Fangoria Chainsaw Award for his terrific gore gags in The Mind's Eye. His other credits include I Sell the Dead, The Innkeepers, Late Phases, We Are What We Are, The Sacrament, VHS, Sleepwalk With Me, Cold in July, and just about every Marvel show currently in production on Netflix, plus Stakeland and Stakeland 2, which just came out on Video On Demand. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, hello. I'm just glad you're still there. (laughs) And then our guest, our very special guest tonight, is a staff writer with HorrorNewsNetwork.net. His earliest memories as a kid include seeing Dawn of the Dead, Mother's Day, and Blood Beach at a drive-in theater with his parents. He's also a guitarist. Yeah. He's also a guitarist who's played in Death Threat and a little band called Hatebreed. And... For our purposes, he's the founder of Connecticut Cult Classics, a group that screens horror-slash-genre flicks at the Strand Theater up here in Seymour, Connecticut. Please give a warm mobile horror companion welcome to the only guy in this podcast who's actually interviewed George Romero, Larry Dwyer. Hello, Larry. Hey, what's up, guys? Man, that was, uh, that was a hell of an intro. I'm totally, I'm totally high on meth. I'll, t- I'll just throw it out there right now. <laughs> that, that made me sound a lot more important than I really am. Well, I didn't get to I my think- intro. I'm now going to introduce myself. Oh. I'm unemployed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it here. The next screening for the Connecticut yeah. Cult Classics is Saturday, March 18th at the Strand Theater in Seymour. It is yeah. John Carpenter night. Larry's going to be screening Big Trouble in Little China and The Thing. Double feature is just $10, 10 bucks. You can buy tickets at ConnecticutCultClassics.com. You can also find out more at Facebook.com slash ConnecticutCultClassics. By the way, the Mobile Horror Companion is one of many proud sponsors of John Carpenter Night. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about John freaking Carpenter. There's an right. ongoing controversy in this podcast, Larry. Maybe you can weigh in. Sure. Oh, is it... Why do you, what, Joe? What are you getting all? Just go ahead and ask. You, God, you've been you've had an attitude since the minute uh, we started this thing. Okay, it's not you know. Give me a break. We can't all sell a man alive to freaking Noah Hawley. All right, some of us were ham and egg in it. Is that that phrase? Ham and egg in it. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw One, Larry, or Texas Chainsaw Two? Oh, one. <gasps> Larry, yeah. I love you. Larry, you need to be a permanent member of this podcast. <laughs> Listen, I love two. I love Bill Mosley. I love the I love the uh, Chop Top character. I especially love the Breakfast Club poster. Uh, always been a favorite of mine. But I mean, just for pure genius in scares and creepiness. You're gonna go apart too. I get it. I yeah. totally understand. Dennis Hopper, we understand. Anymore. I gotta stay part one. I gotta go with my man Gunner. I got to stay part one. Thank you, sir. Yes, right. sir. So, all right, you guys want to move on to the topic yeah, at Hamilton? Yeah, we could start. argue all night. We could just change. <laughs> Somebody finally agreed with me on a point in the podcast. So, please, please, we have to move on. No, uh, please do not discount the uh, wisdom of Glenn Baisley, who pretty much falls with you uh, on, on every That's major true. category. That's true. So, all right. All right. So, John Carpenter, you know, I put, I put some notes together. I don't know. Apparently, no one read them. But, I got it open I, right I, now, I man. Right here. So the big so. news, right? Uh, John Carpenter uh, kind of gave uh, his his blessing to the Halloween remake that's happening, uh, and mm. I guess it's Bloomhouse, right? Is Bloomhouse the, the, is yeah. the company behind it? 
So, yes. and, and then the, the big news is that uh, it's going to be written apparently by Danny McBride, and That's- and I guess directed, and maybe this is too early, but David Gordon Green. Yeah. Uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, and <clears throat> I thought we would just throw it around, starting with our guests, since that's polite. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this latest John Carpenter Halloween reboot news? Well, uh, as a how can I put this? I, I, I generally dismiss remakes out of hand. Um, I don't really like remakes of what I consider to be perfect movies, and I consider Halloween to be a perfect movie. Um, that said, I'll of course watch it. Uh, however, what to expect from a script written by Kenny Powers mm. is... Um, I don't know. It's not unsettling to me because whatever happens, happens. And, you know, listen, if it if it turns out to be another piece of crap, then I've got more stuff to make fun of. And I appreciate that. I like to have things to make fun of. Um, but if it turns out to be some some brilliant masterpiece somehow, I'll support it. I just can't I, I can't wrap my head around why John Carpenter would be uh, excited to have uh, Danny McBride, who I love. uh P.S. I'm a big fan of Danny McBride, um, but as 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 getting involved in the remake of Halloween, I just I don't get it. We're not giving these guys. These guys could be two huge horror geeks that we don't even know of. They went in there. They pitched their idea. I think they're going to. And I think this is like finally we have a great director. This isn't a first time director. Maybe it'll be about the masks. Maybe it'll be a remake of Halloween Three. Again, I just think this is like the the best director because I never would have thought of this guy to direct. Hey, let me let me jump in for a second because Joe cut out for about uh, five seconds there. Can you repeat your uh, what you just said, Joe? I, I totally did not hear you. Uh, <laughs> I I just started to talk about uh, you know Larry had mentioned something about um. You know, like not like your remakes of what you think is a perfect movie and stuff like that. I, I I think where remakes kind of work for me, and and I think that Rob Zombie Halloween maybe is a, a bit too far of a departure from from Carpenter's vision. I, I didn't necessarily you know hate it, but I think if you take a movie like Evil Dead and and the the 2013 version of that, like it's something that kind of feels like it's in that same space, but it's not a remake of of Evil Dead. Like you could say it's a remake reboot you know, whatever. And it, and it kind of, kind of fits. And I don't know, I think it can be done well. Um, and I used to be very like staunch, like I, you can't touch that. Like this title is sacrosanct and stuff like that. But I, I think what I've come to realize is that, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. Like I did not like the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre in, in 2003 or whatever that was, I, you know, Brian and Eugene, of course, love it. Uh, but Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second here. I'm going to... Somebody get my attorney on the phone. You just slandered me, young man. Why Why do you have to accuse me of that? Well, Brian loved it. Brian loved it. But the point I that mean, I was I trying to make... I don't know say, if I loved it either, but all right. I didn't think it was a big... You know, I mean, it's way better than the first one. It's no unfriended. Okay. Well, that's what Brian just said there is the point that I'm trying. Brian thinks the remake is better than the original. I would disagree, strun- you know, like wholeheartedly. With no, that. I also but the thing is, don't- I don't think that that remake, like that remake, you know, could kind of come and go. And but the original is always going to be there. Like it's I, 
I don't know. I think in the long run, it doesn't take anything away from it. Yeah, you know what I'm excited about, and then what should, we should just move on is, uh, I mean, I really like that movie Joe with Nicolas Cage, and I didn't realize that yeah. David Gordon Green directed that. So, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for something that m- maybe is sort of in the Halloween-type uh, uh, tone or direction, or seek out that movie Joe. That's a that's a pretty good movie. A slow uh, a slow burn, but it's not not in a boring way. All right, so that's that. I'm sorry. Did, who said what? It's just a great Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so then next topic. We're going to talk about uh, John Carpenter, like I had said, like we are. The best John Carpenter movie. What Joe Greenberg, what is John Carpenter's best movie? And you better be right. I, somebody, somebody else needs to go first. I just talked for like, a, like five yeah, minutes. I'll go, because so. I can be quick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm, the thing, but I mean, well, we're going to talk about that later. So I'm going to say, for me, it's either Escape from New York. Escape from New York. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Well, you just said it's the thing, and then you but, said we're going to talk about well, it later. Yeah, we're going to talk about it because we're, you know, that's there's a screening of it in Connecticut and Seymour at the Strand, March but, 18th. What a great yes. way to work work off a hangover, huh? But like that's the thing. Like I just I, the thing to me is the the one of the greatest movies ever made. So if you want, I'll say the thing. All right, Larry Dwyer. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween's always been my favorite John Carpenter film. So that's immediate with you. There's no not even a hundred percent. And it's not nothing against the thing. Escape from New York. Uh, I love. I celebrate so many John Carpenter movies. But for me, the first thing, first one I ever saw was Halloween, and it's stuck with me. Um, it's imprinted on my soul, basically. It, it's my favorite, uh, not only horror movie, but top three favorite films of all time. And then in terms of the Carpenter uh, list there, what would you put as number two if you had to? Uh, the Thing. Okay. Brian, what would you, I guess you kind of said, you would say The Thing and then Escape from New York would be your number two, Brian? Yeah, or They Live. It, I mean, in my honest opinion, those are the best three movies, probably his only good three movies, but we could talk about that later. <laughs> Brian's just gearing up to rip John Carpenter a new one. I'm going to say The Thing by far, and I'm going to say that The Thing is, uh, I think it's a perfect movie, and uh, and I, I rank it up there. It would make a list with Goodfellas, you know, if you're going to go uh, out of genre flicks. I think The Thing's one of the greatest. I think number two, I'd have to go with They Live. Yeah. Joe Greenberg. Uh, the Thing and Halloween, I would say, are one and two for me. Um. And you've talked about that. I mean, the thing yeah, is like a personal yeah. movie. Yeah, for you. We, yeah, and we've kind of talked about them sort of ad nauseum. In, 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 but, you know, I agree with Brian, like in that, you know, I think of the thing is in, in my top list for not even genre films, but just, you know, films in general. I would say it's in my top 10 list of, of really anything that I've seen. So, um, and Halloween just being kind of a seminal type film. And, and it, it gives you everything a slasher film gives you. Uh, and the fact that it can do that with minimal blood, which a lot of people don't realize until that's brought up after they've seen it, I think is is a sign of just a very well put together film and, and well told story. So mm-hmm. those are my top two for for Carpenter. What about you? you, you. I gave it already. I said the the thing number oh, yeah. one they and live, uh, uh, they okay, live number, number two. See, that's why I like these notes because I do that all the time. I forget immediately who said. Well, I thought what. we were doing and the, the top nice thing- four with your little outline there. You said no, no, four oh. people. Damn it, okay. Joe. No, yeah, that's just to let me know, all right, one, two, three, four, so I don't, like, Brian just asked yeah. me to go again, but uh, I already went, that's why, because I've been sitting there, like, checking them off right. on, on my it's thing. your box score. So, the great thing about the, th- 
the great thing about uh, the thing, like Brian said, it is screening with Big Trouble in Little China, March 18th, Seymour, Connecticut, the Strand Theater for 10 bucks. Larry, what time does the show start up there? In, uh, well, Seymour? I open doors at 7, uh, just so people have time to grab some popcorn and find a seat. About 7.30, I start introductions, and then after introductions, trailers roll. Um, and generally, the first movie gets started about 8 o'clock. And then at what point uh, do the police show up to escort either me or Brian out of the theater? I'd say probably 7.40-ish. <laughs> um, probably when you start heckling me during my introductions, I would say the police will show up. We do have a history yes. of doing God, that. Yes, and do. uh, I'm looking for the website if you want to buy tickets. It's uh, oh, ConnecticutClassics.com if you want to buy tickets. You can buy them online. It's going to sell out. Uh, all of these. that Larry's done a bunch. We'll talk about it a little later. But these sell out quickly. Uh, and it's a good time for all. Wait, did oh, we, we, we got to do worst John Carpenter movie. Oh, yeah, what, worst. What, what's the worst yeah. John Carpenter movie? Who? Uh, let's go with Joe Greenberg. What's the worst John Carpenter movie? Um, I have a three-way tie, but when if I had to pick one, uh, I would say the Ward, um, I, which I think is his most recent effort. I, yeah, I, pretty recent. Yeah, you know, I just um, I don't know. It 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 just didn't feel like a Carpenter movie at all, and uh, I I I don't know. I'm at I I I kind of can't even tell you like. It's just so far removed from films like The Thing and, and Halloween and The Fog and, and even like Christine and Prince of Darkness. Like just this, you know, which I think it was supposed to be in that vein, like it was a darker thing. It didn't have like, you know, like the, the humor of obviously Big Trouble in Little China or, or even like Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Like those were movies that kind of, I don't know, were, were different in tone than the real, you know, heavy early Carpenter stuff. And um, I, I, I. I don't know. It just seems to not fit in with the rest of, you know, his canon, so to speak. So that's my vote. The Ward. All right, Larry Dwyer, what's the worst John Carpenter movie? You have to answer. All right. No, I have no problem answering with uh, the thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I want my sponsorship back right now. That $100,000 gold level sponsorship. I want it back in my PayPal immediately. What am I going to do? Um, no, for me, it's Escape from L.A. Um, okay. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah, I just it, I was so pumped up. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't love who our age doesn't love Escape from New York? Yeah, Joe. I mean, it was, oh, so oh I do. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm Stop it, Eugene. I love Escape from New York. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Because I was going to say you're like the only person yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> so so pumped up for it, and and then just and I don't. I still don't. Sometimes for me, I will get so amped up for a movie that I don't know if the movie is that bad or I just had too high expectations, but I went in there with expectations and, and just came out like, I mean, I felt like if I, if I, I've never met John Carpenter, but I might ask him for my money back if I see him. Wow. All right, Brian, yeah. that's a good answer. Brian Spears, did you answer this yet? Cause now no, I, I did not. I, uh, I'd probably, well, I had a kind of a tie there. But it, it was Escape from L.A. Yeah. And then uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Is that the Chevy Ch Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh. that's just because it was, when I was in high school, that was a movie that came out. It was a John Carpenter movie that I could go drive myself to the theater. And I was very disappointed. 
Yeah. I saw it with you in the theater. Yeah, like it was just really bad. And here's the thing. Now we have... I'm sorry. Wait, I just stepped on whoever's talking. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was more talking to myself. That was Daryl Hannah, too, right? Yes. 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 I remember that. I haven't seen that in like 20 years. And I guess we have, you know, you think about it, John Carpenter, Danny McBride, this John Carpenter comedy thing happened once before with uh, Chevy Chase, although that wasn't a comedy. I mean, maybe that was no, part of that movie's that, problem. That was, like, that who was wants, the problem. Who wants to see Chevy Chase in a in a totally uh, a straight, invisible man? Done much right. better uh, with Kevin Bacon and what's his name? Paul Verhoeven in Hollow Man. Uh, Hollow Man. Hollow Man, yeah. Great movie. I'm going to say the worst John Carpenter movie. Uh, I've just never been able to get through it. It's totally insane to me. Is In the Mouth of Madness. And I know it has a pretty good following, but it's just, I don't get it. Uh, yeah. I, we saw I that in high it. school, too. I saw that in the theater. And that's another, like, listen, I own that. I watch it all the time. But I don't get it. And I can't ever watch it all the way through. Like, straight through. Uh, I don't know. It, it bores me. Strange movie. That's a strange movie, man. But I know tons of guys that love that movie. Like, yeah, love- it reminds me of. Uh, I don't know why I associate these two in my head, but the uh, the movie uh, Dreamcatcher, which has like that all star cast. Yeah. I think it's called. Yeah. That's a good good point. This yeah. is just a bizarre like titanic like disaster all right so but we should larry dwyer is the guy who's going to be screening yeah, he's the guest he, yeah he, he's going to be screening the thing uh that's right march 18th that's at uh at the uh ct cult classics the strand theater in seymour connecticut go to connecticut uh cult classics.com for more just don't put the uh in your url because you'll just get totally screwed up but larry yeah. why why did you decide to screen this movie uh, of, of all the movies to, to screen on a March 18th, why The Thing? It, the people who love The Thing, it's, it's, it's like a religion, just like it sounds like it is to you guys. Um, you know, while I said that Halloween is my favorite John Carpenter movie, uh, I, I do love The Thing. The Thing is a very close second to me. The, uh, the atmosphere of that film, the, the loneliness, the paranoia, it really is just uh, a film like no other. Uh, I, you know, you can compare it to scenes of other movies, but it really is its own. It's its own monster. There's there's nothing like it. And I did enjoy the the, the prequel. I thought it was I thought it was okay, but nothing nothing can compare to to the thing um, from 1982. So I really wanted to bring that. Uh, to the strand and give people who've never seen it on the big screen the chance to uh, chance to see you know uh, what many think is Carpenter's best best movie. Um, so when I thought of doing a John Carpenter night, there was no question in my mind that the thing was the headliner. Um, soon as I said you know as soon as we talked about John Carpenter night, I said okay, the thing is the headliner. Let's discuss what's opening up for it. And it was a toss up between They Live and Big Trouble. Um, and uh, the, the reason I went with uh, Big Trouble is because I've actually seen They Live uh, at Hudson Horror Show recently. I've seen it somewhere else recently. Um, I think people have gotten a chance to see it pretty recently on the big screen. I don't remember the last time I saw Big Trouble on the big screen recently, so I wanted to bring that back. Doesn't mean I'm not going to ever show They Live. Just means that this time, uh, this time I thought, and plus I thought 
the uh, the comedy of Big Trouble would be a nice lead into the desolation, if you will, of the thing. Yeah, and the thing about uh, they live, and just for anybody who's listening, we have a lot of uh, uh, listeners in Indonesia. The Hudson Horror, <laughs> Hudson Horror Show is uh, in Poughkeepsie, New York. This is in Seymour, New York. Uh, I mean, Seymour, Connecticut, and they're yeah. about uh, you know like I don't know forty five, sixty miles apart. So that's why Larry wouldn't uh, you know show a movie that was just screened at another uh, you know big uh, venue. But the thing about They Live, if you want to see They Live, you just got to turn on uh, CNN. It's actually happening. So <laughs> I, I kind of, I, I agree that, uh, yeah, I'd rather have something, uh, laugh a little with the goofiness of uh, Kurt Russell. And I just, it just dawned on me, they're both Kurt Russell. Yeah. Talk about uh, versatility. Yeah, that's range. And I just remember, just real quickly, the, the, I remember the first time I saw the thing, it had an impact on me. I, I guess I sort of understand why it bombed, because the first time I saw it, that was the first movie I saw where it made me feel sick to my stomach, and I think it was the scene with the dogs, when they were the dog. hurting yeah. Yeah, they were hurting animals, and I was like, oh my god, and I was young, it was VHS, you know? And it was a it was a movie that I just thought it was the most disgusting thing ever, and I think I had sort of a negative reaction to it because it was just so visceral, and uh, just I had never seen anything like that, and to me it was completely real. Uh, but then over the years to sort of, you know, gain this just deep respect for it and always watch it, I just I just love that movie, and I, I like I said I'd put it up with uh, with Goodfellas. When uh, we were in high school, you uh, wrote a story, nineteen ninety one, probably. And you said the thing is the like the most underrated you know, like should be praised. And I want to say like 1991, people weren't always saying that about the thing. No, not yet. You know, yeah. now it's a big deal. But like you know, you called Although that early on. They, they they were probably saying it. We just didn't have the internet to communicate it. You know what I mean? Uh, true. I think all over the uh, you know there was all horror geeks and movie fanatics all over the place who loved it, but the internet gave us a place to uh, realize we're none of us are special. <laughs> You know, you know what's important too. Um, talking about a movie that's thirty-five years old, but if you watch it right now, uh, it stands up like a lot of movies that are are thirty-five years old don't stand up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't. It doesn't look. It doesn't play like an old movie. Like it, it still completely stands up like a, a movie. This this movie could have been made a few years ago. Uh, Big Trouble in <laughs> Big Little Trouble China. In China? Yeah, that's the one, that one. I, I didn't put it on, on our list, but uh, let's talk about that for a second. Larry, you had said you wanted to sort of uh, uh, even off the, uh, the, the horribleness of the thing with a, with a light comedy. Uh, are you a fan of, uh, would you put that up there? Was that like your number three John Carpenter movie? What's good about no. it? No, not my number three. Definitely a movie I've always enjoyed. Um you know, it, it is funny. I, I, I've always loved Kurt Russell. Uh, I think that he's he's one of those actors that can be successful being funny and being uh, being serious. And Big Trouble is just such a wonky, crazy, crazy movie um, that, uh, you know, I, I've always really liked it. Uh, I, I've got my Pork Chop Express coffee mug here. Um mm. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and I think that, uh, like I said, I think a lot of people that come to the shows probably haven't seen it, um, and I really would like to get into showing them some stuff that they haven't seen, so we'll see how it goes over. Joe, what are your thoughts on Big Trouble in Little China? I think it's definitely, it's different than really anything else that Carpenter's done. Like, I, I feel like this is 
you know, him with a budget and, and doing something different. Um, you know, at the same time, this did come out, I think it was like 86. I, I believe it was the same year as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I think the humor in that is indicative of of kind of what was going on, you know, and Evil Dead 2, I think, came out the next year, which was 87. So it's right around that time where we're seeing genre directors and we're seeing films that are successful with a little bit of money kind of going that, you know, kind of comedic route. Right, you just um, take you just take the, all that money and you put it into cocaine, because obviously those three movies <laughs> were, I mean, the budget, the cocaine budget must have been out of this world. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the, the the tone of it, at the very least, was was definitely different than I think anything Carpenter did even after that. Like it just sort of seemed to be, I don't know. Like you're kind of you're following this buffoon around, but he's just this lovable hero. Now, before I go to Brian to ask about uh, Big Trouble in Little China, I just have to ask Larry. Uh, now, which is playing first? You're you're doing Big oh. Trouble in Little China. Yeah, Big Trouble is uh, the opener. That's going to be the opener, okay? And then next door, there's a bar, correct? No, <laughs> there's a there's a, a pizza. Or is there a bar? There might be a. I think Jimmy's. There is a bar. I, I believe it's called Jimmy's. I believe it's a it's an old it's an old man bar. Yeah, which is fine. And there, you know, no, I'm sick. No, I I've just to me that's my religion. I mean, it's an old. It's, I see that in a in a, in a loving way. Oh, there's okay. a train station across the street. I'm just saying all this before we go in to uh, ask Brian his opinion because I, I have a feeling where this is going to go. But I'm just letting you know, Brian. <laughs> okay. Because I know you're gonna. I mean, I'm in Derby, Connecticut. I'm, I'm two minutes away from this. It's March 18th. I know. You can come on up. Well, I'm definitely buying a ticket. I'll say this. Oh wait, oh, wait this is wait this this. Well, Larry, if somebody buys a ticket, yeah, and then they go get. I mean, it starts at 7:30 uh, or whatever it is. Can you go in? Uh, like an hour into the show, or do you have to be there at the very start and sit all the way through, or how's that work? Uh, you you come in whenever you want, as long as you know if, if it's sold out, it's hard to, harder to find a seat, obviously. But uh, but no, I I don't care when somebody comes in. I don't ever oversell the venue. Mm -hmm. I know how many seats it, it, it sits, and I usually sell about twenty less if I have to. Um, yeah, but how no. Many, how many seats does uh, the Strand hold? It actually holds two hundred and eighty something. Um, but I don't sell any, I don't, I, I wouldn't sell anywhere close to that. It's too small of a, even though the seats are there, uh, a bunch of people sitting on top of each other. I, I, I wouldn't like it. So, all right. So we say all that Spears, big trouble in little China, your favorite movie. Go ahead. Not, not at all. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to bash the movie. Right, here's the thing. I hated that movie growing up because I, it came off, I came off of escape from New York, man. Like, not even the thing. The thing is, let's just take the thing off the table. It's Escape from New York. Then he goes in. Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell in the 80s was horrible, guys. Overboard? Uh -huh. You know, like, come on, man. Captain Ron? Like, all this, like... I mean, he did that Tango and Cash movie. I mean, whoa, whoa, he had whoa. the mullet. I just think it was... It, it just was too comic booky. It was also the same guy that did Buckaroo Banzai, which is that's another stupid movie. <laughs> but like, here's the thing. I've grown now, like the guy that I work with for 15 years on all these movies, Pete Gurner. He like loves that movie. And listen, Pete doesn't like a lot of good like good movies. <laughs> so I'll be totally honest. Like, that's a movie like we'll put on in the shop, and I can tolerate that. Like, I've grown to like it in a sense for its technical stuff. Just because the movie's like shot well, has cool monsters, has like great fight scenes, 
it's stupid. And I'll just say, I'll just say that uh, Jimmy's place, uh, Brian, is at 133 Main Street in in Seymour, (laughs) Connecticut. It's got on uh, on Yelp, it's got 4.2 out of out of five five stars, right? Dude, if it has a cold beer, that's good enough. It's uh, it's old school. (laughs) It's a great local spot, uh, according to some random uh, guy, according to uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Great food, prime rib every other Friday. Great prices. I'm just letting you know, Joe, so I don't I don't want you uh, skipping right. out of this. Uh, you know, ten bucks. I got I got to tell you, Brian. If you do if you do come, I think I think I'm gonna have you take a picture uh, with my buddy Frankie, and I'm gonna have him pull up his uh, his sleeve so you can take a picture right next to his full sleeve tattoo of Big Trouble in Little China. Listen, in my bedroom, there's a Big Trouble in Little China poster. That's because Pete left it here, and I finally like I was like, what? You know, it's in the way. I'll hang it up. <laughs> like so, I own it. Like again, I can't knock it. You know, if they came out with a super edition Blu-ray, I'd buy it. But it's more to like put on, like I can put that movie on in the background. So just to, just to get you on record with this, Big Trouble in Little China, barely tolerable. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Is a freaking classic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And they're completely different. But we can go on to this on another day when our guest is in here and I can really insult you. <laughs> but like, because I am right. So I guess that's pretty much it. I mean, the only other like little topic I had, and it's sort of a uh, probably not even worth going into, but maybe we should just mention that, uh, I mean, this is Connecticut cult classics. And uh, we all know, Larry, that, I mean, you're, you're uh, the head of a hedge fund. Uh, <laughs> you, I, I'm not even sure. Maybe you can go through all the country clubs uh, of which you are a member uh, and I'm just curious how, uh, living in Connecticut, you somehow developed a uh, obsession with uh, Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS. <laughs> well, man, my whole my whole education in horror started with my parents taking me to those crazy crazy driving movies uh, when I was a kid, and uh, it just never went away. It never stopped for me, and. You know, and unfortunately for my wife and children, it doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon. <laughs> and we should just, just to close out, you're also connected to the Horror News Network uh, .net, and part you're part of the, uh, or correct me if I'm wrong, the CT uh, Horror Fest. Yes. That, and there's another one coming up. Uh, we went to the to the last one. We had a great yeah. time. Last awesome. one, uh, George Romero was the uh, the headliner. Uh, it's coming up in Danbury. Do you know when? And has have there been any guest announcements at uh, at this point? I know when, and I know the answer to that question. It is September 16th at the Danbury Ice Arena in Danbury, Connecticut. We're going with a new venue this year. A um, little bigger, a little better, a little colder. Ice Arena, <laughs> formerly home of the uh, for the anybody thrashers, out there, right? The, the Danbury Trashers. Trashers. Uh, unfortunately, the team is no longer in existence because their mob affiliated owner was uh, <laughs> was thrown in jail. Uh, he's out now. He's out now. But yeah, that that's a uh, it's got some local flavor to it. Let's say. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. You guys uh, got anything else you want to add? Or you want to call it a night? I think yeah, Larry should get the last word. He's the big, uh, he's the guest. All right, it's so rare t- that we have a guest that we actually like. We we typically hate our guests. No, well, you'll you'll talk about Joe. Joe's only show. speaking for himself. Sorry, all past guests. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you guys will talk about how much you hate me on the next show. That's fine. That's fine. I understand. No, man, it's not. I understand. I mean, it's the chainsaw thing, but you know, we forgive you, man. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, you're entitled to some opinions that are, you know, you think are yeah. right. Yeah. No, definitely. You're you're absolutely right. I'm. Uh, I'm totally off off the mark with that one, but <laughs> not in my book, man. You, I'm I'm telling you, it'd be great to have you on more regularly to to even out this podcast. These these two hate classic horror films. I gotta, uh, we, we like good ones. Thanks. I gotta tell you, I'm a classic. I gotta tell you, I don't think I've ever met anybody who liked Part no, Two better. Come on, well, I am oh, I'm a little blown away by that. I can tell you, well, I got a lot that you'd be blown sheeple. away by. They're sheeple. Yeah, I, got- I believe they call them sheep. <laughs> They're cucks. Uh, uh, hey, Larry, uh, let me ask you a, okay. another question, though, before we... Uh, you really don't have to answer this, but have you ever seen a movie called Unfriended? Unfriended. Unfriended. Just no, based on the title, how much do you think it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds terrible. I think it sounds like... It sounds like a delightful <sighs> film. Larry. Get lost, Larry. All right. Listen, yeah. that's it. We're done. Larry, thank you very much uh, for... No, thank you guys. I, I really you want, appreciate it. You guys yeah, are good times, man. Hey, yeah. good luck at this screening, man. This yeah, is like good luck really with the good event. Screening. No, I hope to see you all guys. Yeah, you guys I'll be there. there. Listen, you guys, all, all three of you guys are on the uh, on the guest list as of today. So, uh, well, I appreciate. Fantastic, that. thank you, sir. You got it. No problem. Hope to see you all there, and uh, and uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll all go to that bar together during the show. <laughs> 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 we'll all go to the bar and discuss. They live. Yeah. I like how yeah. Larry said. Larry said well, as of today, because it all depended on how this podcast went. <laughs> it, 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 it totally did it. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thank man. you, man. All right, Larry. Take care. All right, bud. Have a good night. Later. Okay, see you. Bye bye. All right, so that was Larry Dwyer of Connecticut Cult Classics. You can uh, find out more about that screening just to reiterate Facebook.com, Connecticut Cult Classics, or go to ConnecticutCultClassics.com. I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my tongue, which is uh, swollen uh, right now. I'm having an allergic reaction to something. I think it's Joe's slanderous statements about me through the course of the last uh, it's hour. It's the fact that someone came on and agreed with me, I think, is what's I, affecting you. I don't want to get into a fight. So, uh, <laughs> my name my name is Eugene and the other guys are Joe Greenberg. And I'm Brian. And this has been the Mobile Horror Companion. Follow us on Twitter at MobileHC666 and that's a wrap. Hey, see you next time. Later. All right. Hey, it's me, Eugene, yet again. Did you like it? No? Should I never do that again? Well, you know, we got we to gotta put out a show every week, and I'm a reporter. A writer, you know? I don't know, podcasts, some schmodcasts. Anyway, let's go over. Uh, we got a couple more m- minutes to kill here. Let's go over... The most read stories on valleyindie.org. That's our website. We don't cover the horror movie business on the website. So take it easy. Number five. Let me count down. <laughs> okay. Torrington Guy takes home Ansonia Punchkey Crown. That is happens every Fat Tuesday at uh, Bakery in Ansonia. I'm not saying its name because I'm going to mispronounce it. Is it Eddie's? I want to say Edie's, but I believe it's Eddie's. It's got two D's. Y apostrophe S. 
they uh, have a, a punch key eating contest. And if you don't know what a punch key is, I, what do you want from me? Go go look at valleyandy.org, read the story. I don't know what one, one was when I uh, moved up here. So we cover it every year. Ethan got a minute of video. I think he showed up late because I don't think it was on our story list. I think we totally forgot about it. And Ethan rolled in uh, probably from wherever. So that was the fifth most read story this week. Then number four was just a simple press release. Griffin Hospital president to attend Trump's address to Congress. Apparently they're making some changes to the healthcare system. I don't know if you may have heard. Number three, the local drinking show explains Valley New Year. That's right. Ken Tuccio, you had the third most read story on the Valley Indy. We were a juggernaut. I think uh, Ken's that that's a Ken hosts his show. He hosts a radio show on uh, 95.9 The Fox, and he hosts a television show called The Local Drinking Show on WTNH. Sorry, those are the uh, actual mobile. Those are the mobile horror companion guys arguing over one of our episodes. Leave me alone. So anyway, Tuccio does this local drinking show. It looks like I mean, craft beer is a huge thing. There's I mean, that's it's practically our, our state. I mean, all the insurance companies are leaving or thinking about leaving. Uh, so we're left with craft beer is propping up the economy in Connecticut. And Tuccio uh, does a show that's sort of related to that. And he did one about Valley New Year. That's the uh, night before thing. Well, again, if you don't know what it is, go go read the story. Uh, but Ken sent me the YouTube video. I think it had just to uh, not not to uh, pat ourselves on the back too much. I think Ken's video had about three hundred uh, views when he had shared it uh, with me, at least on YouTube. Uh, of course, the TV one was seen by more people. But uh, by the end of the day, you know, a little Valley Indie magic, he got over a thousand. So, bam. Number two, Stu Leonard still not coming to Derby. We can't bring Stu Leonard to Derby. He just won't do it. Him and his robot cows. There was a rumor going around that the grocery store chain was going to move into the former Walmart over there at uh, 656 New Haven Avenue in Derby. It is not going to happen. Stop asking. Then our most read story of the week, woman falls off bridge in Derby. As far as I know, she was okay. Uh, That was a young lady uh, walking on a bridge, fell off, and uh, firefighters, ambulance corps people, Derby Storm, rescue ambulance, helped her out, got her at Bridgeport Hospital. So that's what you guys read the most. Uh, then just, just barely, or actually, this is kind of, uh, if you wait it a little, the Governor Malloy is scheduled, as of this recording, to visit Ansonia March 6th to talk about school funding. You know, the Ansonia Republicans, of all people, have been uh, lobbying hard to get more money for the school district to, to get what they say is their fair share from Connecticut because they're, Constantly underchanged, underfunded, shortchanged. So Malloy's proposed budget, which has made a lot of people angry, is supported in, in Ansonia, where they're talking about uh, cutting back youth sports to deal with their budget woes, cutting back the library hours, essentially closing the library, according to librarians. So uh, drama in Ansonia. So anyway, that's it. 43 minutes, that's all you get out of me. See you next week.